The song is called Christmas in the City, and although we're recording this before Christmas and it will not publish till after Christmas, it's about as cool as it gets, and I'm going to be honest, I've spent my last 25, 30 Christmases in the city, nothing nearly as cool as that. I haven't done anything that deserves that kind of a soundtrack <laughs> other than this, The Brian Oak Show, episode 14, now underway. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard, who is producer, friend co-owner of the business, and also near-Olympic-level clog dancer. But a lot of people don't know that about him, so... Making the Olympics in clog dancing is more difficult than people know. What? Have you tried even walking in clogs, let alone dancing in them? Clogs were really popular for just a very short time. Do you remember that? Was that was that when tulips first came along? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very good. It's always fun to be so such an ugly American when it comes to European... Isms. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, a guy who is equal parts Minnesotan and European is going to be our guest this evening. Coming up very shortly, David Anania is going to be our guest. And his story is so long and so varied and so fascinating. We've never met face-to-face before today. And even before we had a chance to really start to talk and get to know one another, you and I made him carry a broken futon into the brand new Smart Start <laughs> MN Studios. Well, to be fair, for some reason he offered, but it was kind of that Minnesota offer where you're not really sure if they mean it, but then he did it. He actually he actually helped us. Let's bring, he, did, he worked more than you did, which didn't shock me. Shut <laughs> it. Happy holidays, jerk face. He, he takes, Brian took the middle part. That's always, you always know a guy's a real man when he takes the middle part of uh, the couch. I hate to break it to you, that's where the fulcrum is. That means I was yeah. doing the work. That that's means the first you time you found the were fulcrum. taking advantage. <laughs> Tickle the walnut. The Brian Oak story. Please, please bring David's microphone up. You're on. Hi. Hi, David. Hi. Hi, Brian. We're not doing the official intro yet, but I just wanted to say that, um, you know, it's it's rare that someone travels from overseas, has to fit in so many holiday obligations, agrees to be on the podcast, and then is pressed into manual labor as part of our little podcast here. So happy holidays and thank you very much. Anyway, it's, it was my pressure. Yeah, it was your pressure. Now, before we start to talk to David and learn more about his story and hear the musical choices he's made, I do have something, two things real quick that I want to cover with you, Sean. One is we are recording this before the actual birth of the baby Jesus, right? Or at least the anniversary. That's true. That being said, in addition to that, there is the pagan tradition of making sure that there's plenty of fruit underneath the fruit-bearing tree in these dark midwinter days. Are you done Christmas shopping yet? I am done. I started and ended in the same day. For real? Yeah, I got it all done. In one day? That's how I do it. See, I always wait till the last minute, but I also, I, I have stuff to, to do. I never feel like it's enough. Like, I'm not trying to shower anybody in crazy zillionaire gifts. I just, I'm like, can I stop at three gifts for a loved one? That seems about right, because if anything more than that, then they think that you really care about them. <laughs> that being said, once we're done here, I got some stuff to take care of. I got less than 24 hours left. I've been doing this all wrong. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I stop at one. One? See, and that seems like the right thing. To, now, people you care about, but then, like, you know, if you if you have a wife or a child, like, can you stop at one? 
That's a very good question for not me. Okay, well, that's yeah. That's why I'm, I'm sort of I'm screaming into the void, but also asking Sean, which is you know a little column A, little column B. Uh, last thing I want to do before we get into this first song, and then we'll talk to David coming up very shortly, is there is a pirate radio station in my neighborhood. Have I brought it up on the podcast? Before? No, but you keep telling me about it and telling me that it's just phenomenal. So here's what's weird: is like we live in this era with so many divergent vectors to audience, like. Pirate radio sounds so 1974, doesn't it? It totally does. I love it, though, that somebody's actually doing it. And it's very small, and it's in my neighborhood, and they don't have any voices. They don't have any IDs. In fact, I first, I heard the first ID ever. Here's the bit. I don't want to tell people the frequency, and I don't want to mention the name of it, because I don't want to get them busted, because they're no. doing a freaking killer, killer job. <laughs> and so, again, I can only listen to it within about, I don't know, 15 blocks of my home. I know they're very, very close to my house in southeast Minneapolis. Where exactly? I can't say. But, you know, if I go, say, down to... If I get south of the Crosstown, they're gone. Again, I I don't want to let the feds... Feds. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They, NSA gym. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, I don't let the feds triangulate their location. So it's weird to want to celebrate something, but also not want it to go away because they're clearly breaking federal regulations. But here's the coolest thing about this place is not that just someone's doing it's much like podcasts. A lot of people used to do pirate radio and it was unlistenable. A lot, yes. of, a lot of people do podcasts, and even if they have a high amount of technical acumen or insider info, they're not good at presentation. It's unlistenable. Whoever is doing this, man, woman, child, alien, something that only cryptozoologists know about, possibly some sort of variant of Bigfoot with really good taste, they've got this weird amalgam of crazy post-punk indie rock, old-school, southeastern, jazzy, reverby surf guitar, instrumentals, it... it, it and here's the cool thing is when I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I try to track down the songs and I'm like, I'm like, what, what is this? Shazam, you know, you put, you'd listen to any normal song that you hear in a restaurant or in a mall or anywhere yeah. you bring out Shazam, boom, it's got it literally in two seconds. This one, it'll chug and chug and chug and chug. And more than 50% of the songs, neither Shazam nor Soundhound have any idea what the hell they are. It's in my name. How did I get so lucky? It's a Christmas miracle. If we can ever figure out who this person is, I will promise you that the first thing they'll say when they're busted is, F you, Brown Institute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? See, the technical end confounds me. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to set up a pirate radio station with a gun to my head. I could figure out a few songs to play, but not this cool. In any event, they're called The Cake, from what I can figure out. I'm not trying to out you guys. I just want to let you know that you have added a level of joy to an otherwise shitty second half of 2019 that I could not have expected. I am deeply appreciative. So thank you for the Christmas present. And this is one of the musicians that they feature in relatively heavy rotation. He's a British guy known as Martin Newell, and he's been in lots of different bands, but his main musical effort over the course of the last 20-plus years has been something called Cleaners from Venus. And again, not something I go deep on, but damn, this is sort of at the heart and soul of the kind of music they play, and I just want to raise a glass and say thank you very much to The Cake because you have changed my 2019.
There's a guy by the name of Martin Newell who is a British musician whose history goes back to the early 70s, and he's been in a bunch of different bands, contributed a great deal to British underground music, and the biggest he ever came to crossing over, and I use that term so loosely, is in that band right there, Cleaners from Venus, but of course, until I found this pirate radio station in my neighborhood, I've literally never heard of Cleaners from Venus. You? It's the beginning of a replacement song. That's Sean Bernard. I'm Brian Oak. It's the Brian Oak Show. And before we really dive in with tonight's main <laughs> guest, I'm so sorry. Um, I do want to mention that Sean Bernard, in addition to being producer and co-owner of the Brian Oak Show, is also a sponsor. He is a realtor, which means that he can help you buy and or sell a home. Sean, what if I wanted to buy five homes at one time? I will take that check. happy holidays that was an unfair question sean you are not a mercenary or hideous individual which is why i decided to both go into business with you why i like working with you why we've been friends for 25 years how does your relative human decency factor into your ability to what's the verb of realtor realty realize I don't know. That's a good question. Okay, we'll get back to that later. Real estating? <laughs> Every day you're real estating. How does your human decency factor into what you do for a living? 
I'd say two sides. One is just uh, being patient along the way, asking people the right questions, which I know I say all the time. But people that are just interested in making a buck just want to get the sale done, and they don't really care, and they move on. And and honestly, you're found out pretty quickly. Look at that open floor plan. Amazing, (laughs) right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of people selling themselves on the on the home and Correct. and ideally what happens is that from the questions I try to find the house that's perfect for them based on what they told me it's not not always that way and sometimes with photoshop and everything else the pictures don't always represent the house Wait, so what yeah that's the funny thing nowadays is that people will photoshop the hell out of some of their pictures and then people come to see it and they're like the floors were gleaming in the <laughs> You're telling me that there is some sort of dishonesty or truth stretching on the internet? Believe it or not. Sean, where would people find you if they want to find? Now, I know that people think like, oh, this is a dark middle of winter. Nobody buys or sells a house here, but they still do. If someone wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold well, of you? Well, I just closed a house on Friday, so that was pretty cool. They get a hold of me, uh, 612-859-2594. Or Dave's writing this down right now <laughs> on his palm uh, with blood. Uh, <laughs> or they can go to Sean Barnard, S-E-A-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D, at edinarealty.com. Don't forget, a portion of every sale goes to the warming house. And each, uh, that's a local nonprofit music venue, each uh, person gets a membership for two to the year to this really cool little music venue. In South yeah. Minneapolis. We should meet, speaking of cool music venues and Minnesota, you know, the thing about the Brian Oak Show, people keep asking me, what's it going to be about? What are you doing? I'm like, well, <laughs> I basically want to play music and I want to talk to people with good stories. Musicians, yeah, that's kind of my primary focus, but also authors, realtors, entrepreneurs, po- politicians. I just want there to be good stories because I've met people in all those walks of life who are crap storytellers. I have a story to tell you right now. It's very quick. It's got to be super quick. It's 30 seconds. We're 15 minutes in and it's haven't 13, really introduced our guest yet. It's 13 seconds. So. I just realized what that futon fabric reminds me of. Yeah? A Bill Cosby sweater. Okay. Ah, Look can, at that. Now I can never... No, 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 no. It's not nearly colorful enough. No, no it doesn't no, no. have any All oranges. It right. doesn't right. have Move any blues. On. It is busy for sure. We do have a new futon in here. As mentioned earlier, um, do you prefer Dave or David? If you're angry at me, you can call me David. Thanks, David. But then I'd like to use your middle name as well. David Sebastian, you get over here right now. Wow. I don't actually have a middle name, but if I would, I think I would take that. You you. don't have a middle name? I have no middle name. You're already the most interesting person we've ever had on the show. Amazing. I I have to leave, actually, in five minutes. Okay, well, we'll let you out of here soon. Dave Anania is his name, and Dave's story... so you and I, before today, have never, that we know of, looked each other face-to-face in the eyes, right? That's that's true. But we've met on social media, and, by, and met seems strong, but we've crossed paths. We have a great number of mutual friends on social media. But what I like about Dave is that Dave and I seem to be philosophically aligned, or at the very least, seem to try to find the best in other people. So we've always sort of hit it off. We've never once had like any internet beef, right? Not yet. There's still time. Well, there's plenty of time, especially now that you had to carry that thing up. Once we get the medical bill, then it might be a little beef. So, Dave, you are a drummer by trade. And just by way of a very brief introduction, we can't dive into all of it right away. You have played with Greasy Meal, still do play with Greasy Meal, from what I understand. As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, We were just in the studio for the first time since 2004. That's 15 years. That's 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So new music coming out from Greasy Meal? 
Yes. Oh, that's huge. Oh, is that cat out of the bag? Yeah, no, we we um we got together. Don't on, worry, no one it, listens to uh, the Brian Oak oh, show. Excellent. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> cool. Shouting into the void is what we're going to call that's the why show. It was that easy. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, no, we um once I knew I was going to come back for the holidays, um, I kind of put the word out to the guys, and we decided to actually spend a little time together. We got together at John Fields' studio over at Creation Audio on yeah Nicolette, and mm-hmm. that was that was on Saturday, and we had like four or five hours and we kind of messed around for a little bit and got back in the groove and by the end of it we came out with the basic tracks for a brand new tune cool oh, so, and again there's so much to talk about i feel like all the subjects i have we could spend a whole episode on um because i would like to give people who don't know you know there are people who have certainly heard the name greasy meal who've never gone out to see them who are not familiar with julius collins or john fields or the history of it so before we dive too deep into that before we talk about your relationship with mambo's combo before we talk about the fact that you are a member of the mother freaking blue man group which is mind-bending to me I would like to know a little bit more about dave anania dave are you where'd you grow up uh, I was I was actually raised about an hour north of New York City. Okay. So I'm a native New Yorker. And um, my mother was originally from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. You don't say. I just did. Okay. And um, Good call. That's <laughs> fair. Thank you so I'll much. I'll take that That's one. That's that a good now call. Now we're even. Yeah, no, I, I don't know about that. I think I still I think I got a couple of those gut punches coming. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's all good. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, my folks separated when I was young. And then uh, when I was about... 12 we decided that it would be well mom decided that it would be a good move to head back out to Oshkosh so where I was living where we were living was it's was gorgeous like if it's a if if I have a ton of money when I retire and I don't have a beach house on the Pacific it's going to be in upstate New York it's just gorgeous we're in the Pacific if you don't mind just a quick detour big sir Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Northern but, but California. Like, I'm. I'm the Oregon coast. Mid coast Oregon is my favorite spot oh, on man. planet Earth, with the giant black rocks jutting out of the water yep. and the deep pine forest and the whole bit. Yeah, and the the cypress trees on like on the yes. coastline of the Big Sur, just south of Pebble Beach, just it's unbelievable. Well, I may not be much fun to hang out with, but if you'd invite me when you get there, I'd appreciate that. I promise. I'll stay for like a day and a half. Plus um, a week, and then I'll do. We're probably going to go on, on the house together. Then <laughs> he's going to Sean can right. hook us up. Sean's Look gonna... at that! Oh man, Dave, it's nice to have you here. It's so you grew up. When is now? Before we talk more about Greasy Meal, when is the first time you laid stick to taut skin? Okay. Is that a euphemism? Exactly. No! It means drumming. You oh, are an sorry, accomplished sorry. and successful drummer. Man. Sorry, it's a jet lag. I blame the But also, lag. I mean, if you want to tell that story, I want to hear the yeah. music part first, but if you want to talk yeah. about the next part, I'm sure them Oshkosh. Hmm. Oh, oh, top heavy. Wow. But gosh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In any event, I'm trying, to keep, I'm trying to make this a family focus, show. Focus, focus. Dave, when is the first time that you started figuring out that rhythm was something that either A, you liked, or B, because it's one thing to like something, and it's an entirely different animal to be any good at it. Okay, check it out. Uh, I, haven't, uh, I have two older brothers who are very, like, the, there's a, okay, the middle brother and I have a, 10-year age difference to the day I ruined his 10th birthday party. Wow, because you were born that day. I was born that day. My dad was going to take him and some friends to Rye Playland Amusement Park just outside of the city, and it was going to be like his 10th birthday party, and all of a sudden I was like, nope, you turn back to the hospital because of me. 
So, um, what a jerk! Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, he he lets me know about that in every possible way every time I see him. So, but he actually was a drummer, and he had a kit. I you know can't remember the make, but it was like a five piece kit, and he had his own room in the basement. And because of the age difference, um, you know, he'd be off at school, and I'd just be kind of cruising around the house, uh, you know, just being a five year old. And I stumbled down into his room one day, and I was like, oh, okay. So I just kind of you know, hoisted myself up on the seat and just started banging away. And that was it. It was literally it. And uh, So you, you not only liked it that day, you're like, oh, this is cool. It's fun to make noise. But at some point, you have to realize, and again, I don't think you have to be full of yourself. I don't think you have to be an egotistical jackass. But I do think that at some point, you have to realize, all right, I either have to be this or... I could maybe actually do this. Was that the same time? I mean, at what point did you realize you could do this? This is this is this is actually funny. Like, I got my own first kit uh, when I was six, and like my oldest brother was a guitar player, so music, and my dad was an actor, so being artistic was in the family. So I got my first kit, and I'm playing along to the Beach Boys, Foreigner, Kiss, Broadway show musical soundtracks. When I was nine. The same middle brother who hates me um, (laughs) also changed my life twice before I was 10 because he played a live Genesis record for me from the tour was in 1977. It's called Seconds Out. And it was total prog rock. It was the first live record after Phil Collins took over for Peter Gabriel as lead singer. And it had like these the double drumming of Phil Collins and Chester Thompson for the most part, and Bill Bruford from Yes was on one track, um, and like these prog rock songs, like Odd Time Signatures, ten minute songs, twenty five minute songs, and I had never heard anything like that. And he played this one track, which might actually appear later magically. Uh, it's going to, for a fact, appear at the end of the show, but it's so damn ass long because you prog rock people are not, <laughs> do not have any respect for what normal people like and what they can endure. It will appear at the very end of the show, but it's not coming up yet. But please finish your story. And then I want to hear one of your songs. Ooh. Damn. Okay, so. Um, I know it was a beautiful buildup. There's no a- way we're doing a 13-minute song right now. Oh, but mine is 13. Oh, son of a bitch. Sorry, man. Fake. I, I apologize. I should I should have done a better job of screening, Sean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He lifts a mean futon. Yeah. But, yeah, but you totally. started to listen to that stuff, and then you started to play along with it, and you're like, I might be able to do this. Yeah, and it was that record where it was like, and it might have been, I mean, I had heard live record, playing along to Beach Boys live, record, Kiss, Alive too, you know, all that stuff. And so, I knew, you know, I loved that. I loved the, whatever that is that's captured on a live record, the audience participation, the, the response. But something about that record just changed it for me and it was the style of music it was the two drummers it was like it was all of it and it was at that moment where i was that's it that's what i'm gonna do i had i knew i loved drumming but it was kind of that moment that i attribute my choice to just do it forever well on our most recent episode where we talked to uh what's her hater Liz Winstead. Liz Winstead, that's who. Um, Stealer of joy, what did you call her? I called her a thief of joy. Uh, Or enemy of joy, (laughs) one of the two. Uh, Yeah, um, she she hates Coldplay so much, and I'm like, you know, my whole bit was at some point it's become fashionable to shit on Coldplay. At some point it became fashionable, and probably in my youth back in the 80s became fashionable to shit on Phil Collins. We're going to talk more about that at the very end of the show. In the meantime, I believe our next song is going to be one of Dave's songs, yeah? It is. All right, so 
before we get into it, we are going to talk more about Greasy Meal. We're going to talk more about Mambo's Combo. We're absolutely going to talk about your membership in Blue Man Group because back in the late 90s, I saw Blue Man Group at Target Center, and it was spectacular. Holy cowboy, I have so many questions. So not right now. First, it's been a while since we've heard a song. You, in 2018, put out a record, and my fear is, not having dug into it, that it's a record full of nothing but drum solos, which nobody freaking wants. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been a great show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Brian. Do you want me to bring that futon back now? (laughs) If you don't mind. In uh, in addition, by the way, uh, you also brought one of the most beautiful jugs of Tullamore Dew I've ever seen in my life, and we're going to toast real quick. Tell me about the song that we're going to hear right now. Uh, And first of all, tell me about your solo record briefly, and then we can talk more about it on the far side. Yeah. um, The solo record's... Took about it's about ten years into the making. Like okay. I've been writing songs for a long time and just had them in my computer. And uh, yeah, just a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, I, I just got to, I have to make the record. And so yeah, I started the first like remote session started in May of 2017, and we've mixed it. The final uh, final mixes was like a year later. And you know, I'm fortunate, obviously, that I know some of the world's best musicians. And they're like literally, though, like literally. that's that's not exaggeration. That's not no. hubris. You have played with some of the greatest musicians on the planet. Yes. And it, it just increases my self-deprecation uh, like by tons. But they also a lot of them played on this record and they helped bring this thing that was shoved into my computer to life. And it's just uh, I'm super grateful for that and i'm just uh, really grateful for how the, the record turned out let's hear a song when we come back we are going to thank a couple sponsors but i want to hear more about the people who contributed this record tell me about the song we're going to hear right now okay i believe it's on and on and that's the opening track to the cd and the best way i can describe it is like 1980s genesis meets prince yep that's a baby
David Anania, or if you go to look for it online, simply under Anania. Will you spell that for me? Yes, A N A N I A. And that song, on and on, is from the release. Reinvent the feel. Okay, very good. Um, there is so much to unpack on that particular song, but if you don't mind, first, I need to take care of a couple of sponsorships. But we are coming back. I want everyone to let that just sort of reverberate because the 80s feel that you were talking about, the level of production, but you and I are both listening through good studio quality headphones right now. There's so much in there that I'm going to try to get through these two sponsorships before we really start to unpack it. Screw it. We'll get to our sponsors in two seconds. I have some really important questions right now, Dave, if you don't mind. Um, you told me, so you said, I mean, I can hear the guitar. I can hear the funk. I can. Are you singing on that as well? Yes. Okay, very good. When did, when did you decide that you could step forward and sing? Like, usually drummer guy, even when drummer guy is amazing, unless you're Mickey Dolenz or Don Henley, drummer guy, or, or Leon, I know Levon Helm, I got it. There, there are a few, <laughs> but usually drummer guy doesn't get to sing. Oddly enough. There was one name you left off of that list. Well, and there, I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of names I left off the list, but who, oh, Grant Hart? Yeah, but just a few more letters in different vocal. Hit me. Yeah. Phil Collins. Right. <laughs> can you can you believe it? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> no, I, you know what? Here's the deal. I, this is going to be, and again, I'm not, unlike Liz Winstead, who hates Coldplay, I don't hate <laughs> Phil Collins, but I, I will admit, I will admit that I probably, and very likely, given my lack of musical acumen, have underappreciated him over the years, and... I like the fact, you know, it's interesting, you and I know a lot about each other. I don't know that I ever knew of your Phil Collins adjacency to this degree, and it's informing a lot about the music of yours that I hear, but also, I'm not mad about it. I like learning about music, and I like it when people are like, because I'm certain when you talk, Phil Collins, because you are clearly a mega fan and deeply inspired by, um, I'm certain because I've seen it myself in my own life, people are like, Oh, Phil Collins, Sue Studio, whatever. Absolutely. And that's fair. But here's here's the thing. Yes and no. But here's the thing. Like, great pop songs are great pop songs. Like, I love Max Martin, and he wrote some of the best pop songs for hundreds of artists. And they're they're singable, and but you can also listen to the production value and, like, how the vocals are mixed or, like, the hook and if it's reharmonized or whatever. Like, there's just something special about creating a fantastic pop song and that record that no jacket required record from which susudio was off it was also like you know one more night and mm -hmm. take me home um he had a couple of yeah yeah, yeah just, right. just a few uh, <laughs> <laughs> bought, bought him a couple of divorces um Ooh. but sigh and um so but the thing is is like his first two solo records the songwriting on on those two records, I mean, yeah, there's some pop sensibility on it, of course, but like the the level of songwriting on that, and, you know, he used um, Arif Mardin as a, a, a string arranger for that, and it's just lush string arrangements and beautiful melodies, and, and it's just, it's, for me, those two records were like a huge influence on my writing. I have a thing that I like to say, um, you know, in doing what I do for, while well, it's not writing pop songs on an international level, I've always had this thing where I'm like, I like working with professionals. So there's nothing wrong with working pro with professionals. And before we get to our sponsorship announcements, um, you mentioned that your record that you put out is chock full of incredible musicians. Who were a couple names that you like were delighted to work with? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, you know, luckily enough that having the uh, relationship with the guys from Greasy Meal, um, on this track that we just heard, I had Jim Anton playing electric bass, which was um, just, you know, wow. Uh, and John Fields played guitar on the outro section because this riff on the outro section is actually from a Greasy Meal song. Oh, ho, ho. Hey, Merry Christmas. Can I say one, again, side note, I'm trying to, I'm, I, Sean, I really am trying to keep this because I know we all have places to be. John Fields, um, you know, I always had respect for him, and he worked with so many people in the Twin Cities. And then uh, one time I did an interview with Mike Doty, and it gave me a new appreciation where he's like, John Fields has a mafia-like love and dedication to his people from the Twin Cities. So he's like, if you're going to do a record with John Fields... There's going to be some people flying out to play on your record. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and, but that—that's amazing, man. Like, and but then, and then I would see John Field's name on everybody, Shonen Knife Records. I mean, like crazy stuff. Yeah, he's well. He's the thing about John is like he—he he loves music. He's, Clearly, he's not, you know, you know what? And he just—he studies music. He's just—he's you know—he's got, and uh, you know, for me, my musical taste like the stuff that inspired him to do what he does is right up my alley so it's like for me it's just kind of it just makes total sense but like he is just checking out you know all these whatever he's just it runs the gamut everything that he's that he's listening to and he just draws from it what he loves and then he's just got this this hotbed of shit hot musicians all over the country but a lot of them are here and he worked with them, and he, he feels comfortable working with them. He knows, you know, the rhythm of how to how to to be with people that he's just he's used them for years. No, that's a, not a, not the right word, but you know what I mean. He's worked with them for years, collaborated with them that's for a years. Very good. Thank you. There's too many syllables for me <laughs> at this moment. Thank, thank you. This a is drummer. A, this <laughs> is a Tullamore Dew uh, advertisement. Without so, question, by the yeah, way, to your health. Thank yeah, you for bringing the Tullamore Dew. Yeah. I'm going to knock out two sponsors yeah. here real quick. Yeah. We're going to hear a greasy meal track, but then after that, we're going to talk about Blue Man Group because I find that one of the most fascinating aspects of who and what you are and what you've done for a number of reasons and we'll we'll get more to that in just a minute in the meantime uh it's the brian oak show made possible by smart start mn smart start mn what are they the original ignition interlock company what does that mean well let's say you have had too much tullamore dew and you're but you're right on the border you're like I'm probably cool. I can probably make it home. And you don't. Now, maybe you don't hurt anybody. Maybe you don't hurt yourself. Maybe you don't even mess up your car. You just get pulled over and you blow the breathalyzer on the side of the road. Well, now you've got a DUI, DWI, whatever you want to call it. And it sucks. It's expensive. It's difficult. It is challenging. But it doesn't mean you can just be like, well, I guess I'm going to take the next couple months off because, well, that was a bummer. No, you still have to live an actual life. From what I've heard, I read a magazine article about this once, and what they do is they essentially put, I don't want to oversimplify it, but by doing the ignition interlock, they basically put a breathalyzer in your vehicle so that you blow clean and can start going back to work, start driving your kids where they need to be, start doing the things you need to do to have a regular life for a very reasonable fee and in way quicker time than used to be possible, again, from what I've heard. And don't. Don't underestimate the pain in the ass factor if you don't use Smart Start MN because taking public transit in the middle of winter and, you know, Uber and cabs and everything else to get where you're going sucks. So just 
do the Smart Start MN thing. They'll also give you a deal if you go to our website, to the sponsor page, click on Smart Start MN. They'll give you an additional 20% off. And I know a lot of people are like, really, Brian? Smart Start MN sponsoring your show? Two things. One, <laughs> they were the very first sponsors to jump on board before we had an episode in the can. <clears throat> and two... No, I do not have ignition interlock in my vehicle right now. I'm fine. Thank you very much. That being said, should it come to pass, it's going to make for some very exclusive and interesting video content. Hmm. Do they deliver? I would <laughs> I would also like to thank Great River Radon Mitigation. A dear old friend by the name of Laurie jumped on board to support the Brian Oak Show. Now, Great River Radon Mitigation. Radon, it sounds like a Japanese movie monster. Oh, doesn't it? A little bit? <laughs> Where the hell you came up with that one? What's his name? Uh, radon. The, the, the great big pterodactyl looking one it's very close to radon if it's the not best what it is. ever this is why we need video in here just you trying to do your pterodactyl i'm super good at pterodactyl by yeah. the way all right yeah. it's his name is close to radon in any event we're not talking about that they will not mitigate giant flying monsters that are spawned of radiation but radon does have something to do with radiation a lot of homes especially here in the upper midwest have radioactive gas known as radon in the basements in the homes first of all what you want to do is text Lori and find out is it there for a very reasonable rate they will come and test it 612-701-2216 because according to cancer.org in an article that comes from just a few months ago the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers is exposure to radon gas, and that's according to your very own EPA. And many Minnesotans only get a radon test when they sell your homes. Well, say you've lived there for a few years, and suddenly radon gas is present. Check it out. For a relatively reasonable price, you can find out. If you don't have any, yay, you move on. You forget everything about it. But if you do have it, well, you don't want anyone who's spending any real time in your basement, like kids on video games or teenagers who are like, I live in the basement now. Go ahead. Dave has a comment. Oh, no, I just live in the basement. <laughs> and Radon, by the way, Radon's the name of your red state uncle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. How y'all doing, Radon? Okay. Here we go. In any event, before we lose sight of this or lose... <laughs> and your sponsors. Great yeah, exactly. Radon Mitigation as a sponsor. The main office is 612-701-2215. If you just have a few exploratory questions, would like to know more, please text Laurie. That is L-A-U-R-I-E at 612-701-2216. We are talking to Dave Anania. Yeah, I, I just I, here's, here's the thing. You it's just, one of those last names where I'm like, I want to say Ananya, and that's what I've always said in my head. So to meet you today and be like Anania, I, I I've been blowing it for years. Well, I, I tell you what, if I had a nickel for every time someone pronounced it Ananya, I would not be sitting here talking to you. Son of a bitch, you'd be sitting on a mountain of nickels, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so you have played with Mamo's Combo many times and Greasy Meal. Sort of where is it safe to say that's where you really cut your teeth as a drummer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Back in the early 90s, I was still fin I was finishing up my degree as a jazz studies major at the U. What studies? Jazz. Oh, right on. Studies. And, um, I wait a minute. You actually went to school for jazz studies and then made made it your living. And you it worked. It actually worked. So what are you, like one in a thousand? Yeah. 
Congratulations. That's so actually much. fantastic, really man. Great. That's really great. I thought that's what, what why we had him on. No, you had me you had me on to carry the but futon. See, see, I, 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 well, did you minor in futon carrying? I did, actually, well, couldn't you tell? Furniture movie actually you did a major. great job. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, it's just, the only reason I bring that up is most of the people are like, oh, I went into art history for a degree or I went into this or that. Yeah. You went into jazz studies and you've actually made a career out of it. And so I don't mean to mock other people who went into it, but it's not when you decide to pick a more trying to find a word that's not insulting, a more esoteric or a more artistic degree when you really go through college, the vast majority of people who do that don't get to do that for a living. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. or they, Which is a yeah. bummer. Well, we should live in that world. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, it's like, or it's like, well, you should get an education degree so you have something to fall back on. Oh, man. And and I actually, I tried that. I, uh, you know, one of the years when I was in one of the schools I went to, <laughs> I I tried being an education major, and then I put a brass instrument up to my lips. I was like, nope, that's that. Got to go. Yep. I can, I can write parts for it, but I can't play it. We're going to so. talk more about your career and your move to Berlin, your life with the Blue Man Group, just ahead. But first, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't hear a freaky jam from Greasy Meal. That would be fantastic. Which one are we going to hear? This one is called Goodbye Everything, and it's just it's one of my favorite tracks from our... The, the last time we got together to record was in, yeah, March of 2004, I believe. And this record, Universe's Baby, was what came of that. And this track is just, uh, I love the changes. Uh, Ken Chastain plays fantastic percussion on it. It's just, it's a beautiful track. Great, and I'm uh, just happy to uh, get to share it with you all. Oh, 
probably won't phase you. But I thought I might tell Cause girl, things get so complicated with you. But you can't send a single word Anani is our guest. He has drummed with Greasy Meal. He drums regularly. In fact, last night and again tonight, of course, we're pre-recording this. So by the time you hear it, it will be over. But uh, with Dr. Mambo's combo. So what that means is you have drummed with... It's weird. Like, there are a ton of great musicians out there, right? Like, not just here in the Twin Cities, not just around the country, not just worldwide. You've played with some of the premier musicians on planet Earth. And obviously that puts you in their class and their company. But I have to imagine, like for me professionally, every time I was asked to do something I wasn't sure I was capable of doing, I said yes, because the worst thing I could do was fail. But if I kept myself sharp, if I tried to push myself to the ultimate limits of what I'm able to do, it made me better. It made me grow. It made me learn. It made me smarter. It made me, it was thrilling. It felt like I was alive. Is that what it's like for you when you play with musicians of that caliber? It's absolutely terrifying. Yes. And it's awesome. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be as brief as possible, but like I got introduced to Dr. Mambo's Combo because I was playing in a group with this guy named Solly Hughes, who was a guitar player for More by Four, mm-hmm. like vocal jazz group. <laughs> fantastic. And the bass player was Doug Nelson, who was the bass player for Mambo's Combo. Um, rest in peace. Definitely. Oh. 
But through him, he recommended me to start subbing for Michael Bland when he went out of town. You know, Michael Bland? <laughs> you know, that, that guy who... I've heard of him. Man, literally, when I started living in Minneapolis, like, okay, my first gig was Valley Fair, which is how I got introduced to the, the whole scene. And Were you dressed every, as a giant banana, or what were you doing out you, there? Did you really? Really? Wow. I, do my, I do my research before these interviews. It was a, Don't worry it was, about it, Dave. It was a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> You were in so, the Tickle the Walnut yes, booth. That was in the Tickle the Walnut booth. Only 25 cents. Only 25 cents. <laughs> two and a half minutes. Tickle my walnut. Two and a half minutes. Here we are. Okay. <laughs> in any event, your first gig was at Valley Fair, and from there, you somehow end up subbing for Michael Bland. Yeah, it's just, a, I mean, it's natural. No, what, hap- what, what happened was, you know, I was like 19, and everybody was like, you got to go check out Michael Bland. He mm. just got picked up by Prince, and, you know, he was he's like a year older than me. And I went, and I couldn't get into any bars. And they played a gig outside at St. Anthony, Maine, like Dr. Mamba's combo. And I went and they did this version of, of Proud Mary that is just mind-blowing. And there's an intro fill that Michael played. And it's kind of a fill that ended up like just being that signature fill that's on uh, in the midsection of Diamonds and Pearls. That, you know, if you play that song, you hear it, it's just thunder. And But he's just, he was like no other drummer I had heard. And so for me, it's like Phil Collins and Michael Bland, you could kind of interchange them as being the most influential for me as a drummer. And for me, I was living in the Twin Cities. Once I became of age, I was paying $3 a night to get a drum lesson, basically, when I go down to Bunkers. It was unbelievable. Oh. And he, he just, he approached the drums in a way I, I had never known. And it was it just huge. It was huge for me. Before we talk about you moving overseas and being part of Blue Man Group, um, when you talk about Mambo's Combo, they have been doing every Sunday and Monday night at Bunkers downtown for, what, 250 years? Pretty, pretty much. But man, they preserve well. Wait, well, they do. But I mean, it's been going on forever. Yeah. And and people are like I said, people are still there, and it's well, be- because it's, it's because an amazing it's fantastic. show. People show up and, all the time, and and when when you know, national international acts come through town, they're like, "What do you do? Go see these guys." Yep. That's that's exactly what I've done. I met friends move in from out of town, and they're like, where, "Where's the music? Like, where do I go?" And I'm like, you, "No matter what, you have to go see Doctor Marvel's yep. combo." And if we can mention Margaret Cox, oh man, whose By voice all means. whose voice still holds up today and is just unbelievable she last night you know uh, I, I got there before they even started thank god so i had a full night of just kind of checking them out and then they you know had the unfortunate task of letting me sit in but <laughs> when 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 margaret cox starts singing it just transcends yes. everything and she always has and she still does and you know, all of them all of them yeah do. and julius it's, is just yeah and billy franzi and yeah i mean yeah. kevin gastongue who's Kind of the main keyboard dude now. He plays with Corey Wong a lot as well. Um, Sonny T. Yes, you know, it's 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 like you just you you go and you pay money and you actually learn something and you hear fan, like world class musicians. Yes, play killer versions of fantastic music. Even Billy Franzi, watching him play guitar is. Um you know, people talk about various artists and things throughout the ages, and everyone's like recently raving about how John Frusciante is coming back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and he is absolutely an artist for not being a household name, for not being a guy where kids are wearing his a T-shirt with his name on it. He might be the best guitar player that only insiders know about. Yeah, 
He, he's unbelievable. A- absolutely. And, and he is just, he's never, you know, none of them ever phone it in. But Billy, it's ever. like, it's like, it's funny because a, a friend of mine took some iPhone footage last night and it was a tune that I sat in on, but then Billy took a solo and it's just like, I just, just keep watching that. He's just, it's, you know, he's, he's speaking, he's talking yes. to you and he's, and then by the end he's screaming at you. Oh. Love working with professionals. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is the Brian Oak Show, and um, this has been very enlightening, and unfortunately, we're running short on time, so I don't want to give this short shrift before we get to your Phil Collins 25-and-a-half-minute song at the end of the show, <laughs> but I do want to mention, at one point, you, so you're doing well here, and then you, why did you move to Berlin? I mean, like, you know, Bowie moved to Berlin because he was only drinking milk and doing cocaine, and he was going to die. I'm hoping your story is a little more wholesome. Nope. Okay. Uh, is there any part of it you'd like to share? Why did you move to Berlin? <laughs> no. I, well, what happened was is um, you know, after Greasy Meal stopped playing, then I went on the road with Shannon Kerfman. Uh, it was another fantastic singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And it, at that time, she was very young, and she had just gone out on the road for her first tour. And Jim Anton also was on that tour playing bass. And a dear friend of Jim Anton's is this guy named Ian Pei, who was the original drummer for Blue Man Group. And he mm-hmm. helped write a lot of the music for the show. So I became friends with him and got to hear like some of the, the, the final masters of the first audio CD that they put out called audio. And I was like, multiple drummers, tribal. I love it. Can I do it? And he's like, well, yeah, I'll let you know if there's an audition. And four months later, it's 2000. I got a call. He's like, yeah, they're auditioning for the New York show. I was like, Oh, Shannon Kerfman tour ended in September, flew out at the end of October got the gig, and drove out in my Mazda 626 like 10 days later. And you've lived in <laughs> Berlin ever since. Yeah, well, th- that was the New York show. Okay. And yeah. then I did that, and then that was this rock tour that I think you saw, the Target Center. That Late was- 90s, uh, Target Center. Uh, as you mentioned, Venus Hum was there. Mm-hmm. It was an audiovisual delight. It, I mean, for people who don't know Blue Man Group, and I know it's hard to imagine you being so adjacent to it and me having seen so much of it, in addition to being Las Vegas staples, international sensations, it's more than just the tribal drumming, which I absolutely love. It is inventive stage craft. It is unbelievable visuals and additional elements to it. You know, I mean, like just inventive musician. The what is that PVC pipe giant thing? Exactly. What is that? Exactly. It's it's we call it the drum bone. Yes. Because yeah, you I change just, the pitch by you know yeah, two moving pieces. it and changing yeah, it. And everyone's playing it. I just uh, the Blue Man Group to me was or uh, I'm sorry. I realize that in some circles, putting a the in front of a band that's not supposed to have a the, in front, is it just Blue Man Group, or can I say the Blue Man Group? What did, what's today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying your company a great day, <laughs> deal, Dave. I can um, smell the sarcasm. So you, you, <laughs> have, you have literally toured the world <laughs> with your face in deep blue grease paint in a black outfit and playing... Forms of percussion that I'll bet you've never dreamed you would play before. No, it's it's really that's actually very true. Yeah, like and it, but it's it's given me. I'll tell you, it's given me some of the best moments of my professional career, and that includes actually having played the show in New York with Phil Collins in the audience, and then meeting him wow. afterwards. 
We're going to talk about that in one moment. I got a few thank yous to get to before we let you go. I just, you know, I'm a little hurt. He didn't show up in the blue makeup today, but that's cool. No one has to know. It'll be our little secret. Just kidding. I want to thank AudioQuip.com. Without them, the studio as it exists right now, the Smart Start MN studios do not exist as they exist. We have professional equipment here as opposed to people who are recording their podcasts into, I don't know, Mr. Microphone? <laughs> You remember that? I miss no, the Mr. Totally. Microphone. Well, the Mr. Microphone was super fun, but back then you didn't have access to actual audio equipment. In any event, audioquip.com. That is A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P.com. Nate, Topher, Patrick, and Rob. They've got a great story. They're incredibly cool dudes. I have reached an age in my life where not only do I enjoy working with professionals, but I'm tired of dealing with garbage people. And these are the opposite of garbage people, which is why I'm so glad they jumped on board. I am humbled by their generosity, their largesse, Every single day. What's wrong, Dave? It just sounds like kind of like a Star Wars character, the garbage people. Yeah. You know what? Shut down all the trash <laughs> compactors on the detention level, and that makes me think of the previous 50 years of my life. Yep. 3PO. 3PO! By the way, I'm not going to see the new Star Wars movie. At me, if you like. BrianOakShow.com <laughs> is our website. I want to thank everybody who's helped us put together our social media campaign, our logo, everything. We'll have you on shortly. We're going to have a friends and family episode, I've decided, somewhere early in the new year. I guess Every- I, won't, I won't be there. Well, that's because you live in <laughs> Berlin. All right. Oh, right. Seven hours oh. difference? Eight hours difference? What Seven. Is Seven? I'm still okay. feeling it. W- West Berlin, right? Best Berlin. Oh, there it is. We'll have you bam, Skype in. Bam, you Skype bam. in sometime. Yeah, well, we will. But we're going to do a friends and family episode aside next year because so many people have come on board without whom this would not be possible. And even if they're boring to talk to, we're still going to have them on because we owe them that, right? <laughs> I, I just say, like it that you set it up. You I, set it up say, already. I didn't say they were boring to talk to. Even I said, if. Even if. Suck. Just something you can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, we'll find a way to punch it up somehow, right? <laughs> Some dancing girls in here or something. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. So. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Is is Dead Mouse available? Is Dead Mouse available? All right, we're going to dip. I have so much more I want to talk to you about, so I realize you don't make it back to the States all that often, but I know you'll come back on the holidays. Will you come back next year at some point? I would love to. I have so many questions I still want to talk to you about, but we can't We can't, we can't do that, especially if you're going to keep bringing by 13-minute live jams. I'm um, so sorry. You, no, I'm not at all. Before uh, we get into your story about Phil Collins and hear this live Genesis track, Tell me again, where can people find you online and more importantly, find your most recent release? Okay. Well, you can, you can find, yeah, I've got a reverb nation site, which nobody cares about. So I would say SoundCloud is great. Uh, Also, I have a Facebook artist page with just the last name, Anania. And, um, and spell that because it, it sounds like it's written with elven characters. So if you could just spell that, that'd be great. (laughs) Just give me some helium. We'll get that down. Um, uh, so that's A N A N I A. That's album after six packs. Say <laughs> so just it sounds like whatever was written on the inside of the One Ring is what that sounds like. So Anania and the name of the record, reinvent the feel. Fantastic, and um, you have been even better company than I expected. Thank you very much, man. You're welcome. And it's I a expect, pleasure. I expected man, good company. I'll, I'll tell you, it's like it, it was. It's a pleasure to actually finally meet you because I enjoy. Who you are as a person, I mean, okay, it's it's virtual, but really just in, in, you know, I've grown up in the Twin Cities, you know, spent years listening to your voice on the radio, so it's really just been, it's an, an honor for me to actually meet you and, and sit across from you and ruin your show. Ha! 
If anything, I've been the one trying to ruin this show. You're the only one that's kept its head above water. So well, before we call tonight and we all get back to what we have to do, I know good for Sean. He's done with his holiday shopping. Yeah. I'm not. Even though this was going to air after the holidays, I have hours of work left to do. You have one wife, one kid. Get it done. And a group of friends that means so oh, much okay. to me, I couldn't... Pu- this is why I don't have friends. Yeah. Th- this is my holiday shopping. This, this Tullamore is my this is my. That's good. That, we're shopping. holding that in. Well, you you did well. And uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Dave Anani is our <laughs> guest here. Before we go, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I love that you you are a champion of Phil Collins because at some point, again, I can't call myself a super fan. I can't even call myself a pretty solid fan, but I'm not mad at him. I just, eh. but at some point you have to admit it became fashionable to shit on Phil Collins and that is not cool. Well, absolutely. Here's the thing. Like he, he oversaturated. That's what that's what got people too get popular. super popular. Right. He got too popular, and you know he had this. Uh, like I said, those first two records, like the songwriting on that, differ greatly from No Jacket Required, um, the one after that. But seriously, whatever. Like, and he kind of you know listen. I love him. I love all phases of his solo career. I love all eras of the Genesis. As a drummer, I think that you have a better perspective on what he actually provided. I think a lot of people see him because in the early MTV era, he kind of clowned, you know? Like, that's what you did on those videos, whether he was doing the, you know, the almost Mike and the Mechanics era Genesis, or whether you go back to, you know, before he was allowed to come out front, it was kind of his bit. Like, he was a charming, goofy English gnome, and he got to clown, and I think a lot of people reduce him simply to that. Yeah, and, and it was that, and then he also, you know, when a song like One More Night comes along and then that's the one that really hit. So then, you know, you're expected to have a One More Night on every record. And right. I think people, like, th- those were the ones that the label would choose and to flood the airways with and that happened for like 10 years. And I think that people were just kind of like, ah, oh, this fucking guy again. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that's just... Like that's, Huey Lewis yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, yeah. we're having fun and we're clowning and it's the early 80s and yeah. yeah. But his actual drumming technique and his drumming style obviously inspired you and you're a world-class musician. Thank you. I well, try. I mean, I... Sean handed me something that said that. I'm not really yeah, sure I, that I know that I for a fact. I wrote it out for I you. appreciate that. It's on a giant index card here. <laughs> my, point, my, my point being is that someone like you, who has played with so many people, who plays at the level you do, you don't just casually throw out Phil Collins is one of my main influences in life without Phil Collins actually being good. Yeah. No, he's he's huge for me, and it's because like his style of drumming in Genesis was very orchestral, but it was also purposeful. And then as the yeah, as time went on, the music got a little simpler, but his his drumming was always like it 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 played the song. And I think that as a drummer, but also it was like he was a singer, he was a songwriter, he was a producer, which also aided in how much he was in the market at that time. But for me, that's why he was so um yeah, he was a catalyst in, in me doing what I do. And I'm very, very grateful for all of that. No, the final song you're going to play for us tonight lasts for about 45 minutes. So before we get to that, uh, because it's a live prog rock exploration of the space. I mean, like, what is this guy, Neil Pert? I mean, what's going on here? Ouch. That being said, you had a chance to meet Phil Collins, and I am someone who is always dubious about meeting heroes. I have an innate fear because I'm like, I've got this thing in my head, and it, it, it 
it helps define who you are. What if you meet someone and they're an absolute black hole of an asshole? Like, what if, what if they are fucking garbage? Yeah. And, and, and again, it, it almost never happens. But it might. You met Phil Collins in the briefest possible way because we're so over time. <laughs> Tell me that story. Yep. I was playing Blue Man Group in New York, and it was actually a month before... I moved to Berlin to do the show there, and my marketing director came up, and she said, you know who's watching the shows on Wednesday? I was like, no. She said, Phil Collins. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I, I was still at the theater, so I ran to take a look at the schedule, and I was literally scheduled for the show. So it was just complete, you know, if you believe in any law of attraction universe yes. shit, that's it. And so I played the show, and I, you know, we... We can see the audience. We're behind a scrim, so we're only visible at certain points when they use black light to, to whatever, illuminate us. But I could see him. And I'm, like, looking out there, and I'm like, he's the reason why I'm sitting in this loft playing drums right now. And I actually, like, I got to tell him that. And I thought you were going to say you actually shit your pants a little bit. Yeah. Did you get to touch the hair peninsula? Wow. Remember he had oh, that. I, See, that's the dismissive attitude I'm talking what? about right there. I, I love that the is, hair peninsula. No, that that was that was uncalled for. And I, I apologize on his wow. behalf, man. That was heavy. Wow, you, you're telling this beautiful story of the of, sorry, of, we can of, edit of, it of the incredible junction of your life and career and inspiration. If you cut that, we're not working together anymore. That's a beautiful moment, and people need to know what kind of bad person you are. I'm nauseous. <laughs> Um, um, before we get into the song, I'm going to let you introduce the song. <laughs> I can't imagine what that moment must have been like, but also I am very happy that uh, the end of my 2019 is helping turn things around and point things in a better direction, and it's super wonderful to meet you, man. Good luck with Likewise. everything you do in 2020, and it was so wonderful to have this conversation, and I'm not being hyperbolic or disingenuous when I say, please come back, because I have about 400 more questions for you. I would be happy to answer all of them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It was a sincere pleasure for me. Thank the, you for having me. The very first here. one is: When's the last time you found yourself porky pigging it around the house? <laughs> you mean besides uh, uh, like yesterday? Well, I don't, no, I just that's, that's I, well. Okay, sorry, that wasn't my house. <laughs> Here comes another twenty minutes. Okay, okay. Uh, let's we, cut that we off. We really have to rock. wrap it up. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's please do that because you know. I feel like prog rock, that's sort of the philosophy is Porky Pig in it. What, um, what? Tell me about the song we're going to hear. You sell it to us. Happy New Year, everybody. Maybe we'll have another show in before the end of the new year. Maybe we'll all spend the weekend in jail. There's no real way of telling. Thank you very much, Sean. Thanks to all our sponsors. Dave, thank you very, very much. Tell me about the song before we get out of here. This is called Touch the Walnut. And <laughs> it's actually... Tickle the walnut. Oh, oh, see, yeah. Well, after the um, overseas conversion, they'd take out a yeah. few letters. So, um, <laughs> is that the metric version yeah. of tickle the walnut? It's, it's that big. I see. Okay, sorry, you couldn't see that on the radio. Uh, so, the song. It's not the radio. No. Oh, God, sorry. Damn it, I thought Dave. we were. On, I thought we were on that pirate thing. No, that was sorry. You know, those people. I wish. I wish they'd call me back. I, I'm really trying to stop this, so I'm going to stop talking. I would like you, in all sincerity, yes. as much fun as this has been, uh, I would like you to tell me about this song and why people who casually dismiss Phil Collins can go fuck themselves. Well, because this song is 
eight and a half minutes long. Whoa, it's longer than that. <laughs> yep. No, so here's the deal. This song is, it's a Genesis song, and it's, um, it's called Dance on a Volcano. And it's the live version from their 1977 live record called Seconds Out. And that was, like I said, the record that kind of changed everything for me. And it was this song that did it. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredible piece of music. It's in an odd time signature, which is 7-4 time. And then there's this drum duet that was actually used as kind of a segue into the last song, which is why it's so long. Sorry about that. But the drum duet is worth keeping, so if you can at least listen through that, that would be great. Um, and so that's what it was. I heard these two drummers playing at the same time, and that's that's kind of like whatever that is and why the audience is reacting the way they do, that's what I want to do. And that's what this song is. Dave Anania, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Sean. Please, you can 